Hard Feelings by Mark Coggins is a bang bang thrill ride, says best-selling author Seth Harwood, who adds that the lead character of Winnie is a female Jack Reacher. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 33 Reardon I turned away from the transmission tower and the wreckage of Ray's second drone to retrieve Winnie's backpack. As far as I could tell, everything she packed before she left, phone, shotgun shells, and pipe bomb, was still there. I couldn't think of a reason for her to leave it behind. I couldn't think of a reason, that is, other than the winemaker had captured her. I pressed the button on her phone to retrieve her call history. There wasn't any. On a whim, I speed-dialed Ray's number. Maybe he knew where she was even if they hadn't talked. The phone had only rung three times when I dropped it to the ground and bolted for the cave. I was suddenly convinced she was behind the sliding steel door in the corridor. I dodged through the cave door, desperately rummaging in the backpack for the pipe bomb Ray had made to blow it open. I hoped the explosive would do as good a job on my new target as it had on my old one. Ray had affixed a magnet to one side of the bomb to hold it in place. I slapped it against the stainless steel near the jam and pushed the detonation switch forward. It didn't take long for me to decide that I should have given the whole exercise a little more thought. The bomb was bigger than the one I'd used at the other end of the cave, and what was worse, there was not much space in the narrow corridor for the explosion to dissipate. I ran back a few feet the way I had come, and crouched by the near wall. The next thing I knew, I was splayed out across the floor, my head whirling and a piercing ringing filling my ears. Dust choked the air, and two wavering light beams projected from the emergency lights that had been blown from the wall. The door itself was now a twisted ribbon of metal lolling out from the threshold like a gigantic tongue. Blam! came the first shotgun blast, it sounded dull and muffled over the ringing in my ears, but I felt the vibrations through the ground. Many more followed in quick succession, and I next heard a tearing, scraping sound as someone wrestled with the remains of the door. I struggled to my feet in time to see the most macabre vision of my life. It wasn't exactly Washington Irving's headless horseman, but it was as close as I ever cared to get. Racing down the corridor at full tilt was a man, a man very much like the Frankenstein monster I'd hit with a golf club. It was hard to identify him, though, because his face and part of his skull were missing. It didn't stop him from threading through the debris with ease or from putting a stiff arm out to block me. The explanation for his dexterity might have been the passenger on his back. There, with arms locked around the giant's neck like a jockey urging his mount forward, was the winemaker. I could have easily dodged the giant's outstretched hand, but I stood rooted, transfixed by the gruesome spectacle. He knocked me over, 
the winemaker cackling and cursing as they passed. I'd lost track of the assault rifle after the explosion. I was back to my standby weapon, my knife. I scrambled to my knees and flung it at the retreating pair. They kept on running. I got to my feet to chase after them, but I was distracted by more scraping behind me. Another Frankenstein, this one with his head intact, emerged and rumbled my way. I dove at his knees. He ran through my tackle, leaving me clutching one of his size 16 clodhoppers. I clamped onto it with everything I had, tugging him back. He wobbled like a mast on a rocking ship, heeled over into the gunite wall, and then crashed to the floor. Two things happened next. I got a face full of waffle soul for my trouble, and Winnie shouted my name. In spite of being loopy from the kick, I laughed at the sheer joy of hearing her voice. She came dancing up wearing nothing but her underwear and the high-collared RF shield Ray had made for her. Are you okay? She demanded. There were so many things that I wanted to ask, but I knew this wasn't the time. Yes, go. The winemaker and the other one went out the back door. She hesitated for a moment, clearly worried about me handling this Frankenstein, who was now gaining his feet. Go, I insisted. She nodded and shot the gap between the monster's outstretched hand and the far wall. I used the distraction to locate the assault rifle, which lay two paces in front of the giant's lumbering form. I jumped forward, hugging the far wall as Winnie had done, and then reached for the gun. The smarter thing would have been to kick it down the corridor. My opponent, slow as he was, was too close. He piled into my midsection. I flopped over like a shooting gallery target, something snapping in my ankle. But I held on to the gun. I snaked my finger through the trigger hole and trained the stubby barrel down my torso at the heavy boned face of the monster crawling up my body. The garlic on his breath reached me before I pulled the trigger. The rounds decimated his uppers and went straight down his gullet. He coughed up a bubble of blood and then slumped on my chest, his hand falling dead at my throat. I let the gun slide out of my grasp and lowered my head to the floor. In spite of the hot July night and the smothering insulation of his body, I shivered. I was done. I had nothing more for the fight. You have been listening to No Hard Feelings, a finalist for the Forward Reviews Book of the Year Award. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Thank you.